Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. Hi, how are you doing Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Tom Childs, and joining me tonight is our very own Manchester Titan, Dave Barnett. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I feel like you're missing the whole spiel about how I'm now the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo since you, you, know, you picked up sticks and you know, went over to Arrowhead Pride. Where's all this? Brad gave me like this superb intro last time out. That feels a bit underwhelming in well, response, to be perfectly honest. Let's be fair. You've probably got Brad wrapped around your little finger. I'm pretty sure you've got some doubt on him. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned Arrowhead Pride because I finally put my contacts to good use tonight. Um, I've used my new position to get someone onto the show, someone far more knowledgeable and far more handsome and far more entertaining than Brad. And so tonight we welcome onto the show for the very first time, Arrowhead Pride's very own defensive mastermind and all-around good guy, Craig Stout. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing great. I just want Brad to know that that was your words, not mine, as far as the uh, <laughs> handsome, better person, all of that. No, that, those are your words, not mine. We were all thinking it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It's funny you, you've been talking about this because um, we've actually had Ryan Tracy talking to us on Twitter today, um, telling us that he will come onto our show to replace Brad as our permanent host. Yes! Um, providing we teach him how to make a cup of tea properly. Just as, as long as you don't put the milk in first, that's, that's the most important thing. Do you like, drink so tea yourself, Craig? I, I do drink tea. I, I, I do drink a little bit of tea, not with milk in it. I, I just prefer just some oh, generic Earl Grey... Oh, right, Every right, once right. in a while. Black tea, so, yes. No Tetley's Yorkshire tea or PG or anything like that. No, no. breakfast tea as we have over here. I was, was going to say, if you're going to be a, you know, go with the whole proper English thing, it's, you got to have a bit of, uh, bit of Tetley's. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll be on the lookout <laughs> for it. I, our, our, our overall uh, tea uh, market over here, not strong, not strong. We threw it all into the bay a yeah, long time ago. Say, I don't know if you guys of- hear, heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> all in the bay in Boston. Yeah, that's yeah. yes, yes. Uh, in the first two and a half years of having this show and having numerous guests on, no one ever brought up the Boston Tea Party. Tea party. The thing but now is, it's been brought up twice in the last two months. <laughs> like people are really getting brave around us now. <laughs> thing is, nobody in the UK knows about it. Of course if not. You ask, Why would if you? you? Yeah. If you if you asked ninety nine, no, I'd say nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand people, they wouldn't have a clue what the Boston Tea Party is. Which is hilarious because, like, the American... Well, I've heard some Americans use it, and it's like, honestly, say all you want about the Boston Tea Party because nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, see, it was used as kind of smack talk during the uh, Women's World T- World Cup there. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember at that time hearing, like, that's going over the entire country's heads. Like, nobody understands mm-hmm. it. So, Do you yeah. reckon Alex Morgan 
was referencing the tea party or do you think she was doing what she said she was just a oh, tea celebration because the english drink tea what do you reckon on that i i reckon that the woman who got drunk at epcot center and got kicked out of disney world knew exactly what she was doing with that <laughs> She Deep she up. is our queen over here. In case you didn't realize that, yeah. Wait, she got kicked out of Disney World. Yes, yes, she did. Epcot Center in Orlando, Florida, is very famous for having uh, sort of an around the world international thing. It's several countries that you can walk through, and the popular thing to do is to drink at every one of the I want to say thirteen countries that's there. So by the time you get to the end, it's just, you're just a sloppy mess. Alex Morgan <laughs> got to that point and was removed from Disney World. That Good. is epic. I she am... sounds like my kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. would party. She's with pretty you. amazing. She's, that's why she's our queen now. Yes. <laughs> well, she could definitely out drink Brad, that is for sure. Anyways, <laughs> um, the reason you're here, Craig, um, is to not only replace Brad, but we're going to use your expertise, your knowledge, because... The Chiefs have made a move over the last hour and we've been quite lucky with the timing because it's worked out brilliantly for us that we can talk about this as fresh news. But the Chiefs have made a move at corner and signed Mo Claiborne to a one-year $1.5 million deal. What's your initial reaction to, to that signing and what does it tell us about the Chiefs and how they feel about the cornerback position overall? I, I think that the cornerback position, we all thought that it was kind of a problem going into this mm-hmm. season. We've heard Kendall Fuller's not playing particularly well. Charvarius Ward is more of a press man corner that's been thrust into a zone-heavy scheme. Bashad Breeland was really the only guy that we haven't heard a ton about other than he's been injured a couple of times, mm-hmm. been a little nicked up in camp. They needed other bodies. Right now, the guys behind it are Demontre Wade, Herb Miller, uh, Keith Reeser went down hurt. They just needed another quality presence that can kind of push for maybe a CB1, CB2 position and force those guys to earn their jobs a little bit right now because there's nobody pushing Charvarius Ward on the roster prior to more Mo Claiborne signing. That's a depressing state of Isn't affairs. it? Isn't it? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, where do you stand on the, the corners before the Mo Claiborne edition? Like we've talked about them before yeah, ourselves yeah. and we, we've decided that they do desperately need help. Yeah, I, I, I say I'm more worried about, I've always been more worried about the depth than anything else. I kind of thought it was a position we could kind of, I guess, plaster over elsewhere by improving the pass rush, improving the safety play. You sort of help reduce the pressure on the cornerbacks a little bit so I wasn't necessarily worried about going out and getting say a Patrick Peterson type guy you know making a big trade making a big splash mm-hmm. just depth especially when a guy like obviously Keith Reza, um a lot of people were excited about him after his play in the AAF you know mm-hmm. rest in peace by the way <laughs> um, so people were excited to see how see, he sort of developed and then obviously he's out for the season his Achilles is gone I think isn't it um so yeah I think depth uh you're very lucky if you can get through an entire NFL season and have all of you guys stay healthy um so yeah I, I say I'm not expecting him to come in straight away and you know be pushing guys down the depth chart but certainly will provide a bit of competition and hopefully keep guys on the toes a little bit at worst and then you know, obviously, it's kind of a buy-low situation 
you can't really lose mm-hmm. what's 1.5 million dollars for a year it's it's not a lot in the nfl and it's so, a 1.5 yeah, million dollar base with up to 1.5 million dollars in incentives so he can make up to $3 million for the year. That's still dirt cheap for a cornerback, mm-hmm. especially if he hits those incentives. He's probably starting from week five on after his suspension. Yeah, well, the onus will be on him to to earn that spot and to take it because we all agree that the Chiefs' cornerback play has been a mess mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. And now, like, I still don't understand why they got rid of Marcus Peters, and I don't think I ever truly understand why why they did. I um, I didn't really catch your opinion at the time. Like, rough, qu- just a quick one, Craig. Were you happy about that? I know we're going back eighteen months now, and we're going way, way back. But um, what was your overriding opinion on the Marcus Peters situation in, in a couple of words? I didn't think that the return on investment for the talent of the player was worthy of the trade. I I was a massive Marcus Peters fan coming out of college. I was ecstatic when they signed him. He was a guy that I wanted on this roster. And I know that there's a lot of off-field issues and everything like that. But for me, you figure it out for a player with his kind of talent. Mm-hmm. And the irony is the system that we run now would almost be perfect. ideal yes. for yes. Peters. Per- perfect. With his eyes in the back front, backfield, able to use his uh, intelligence and ability to jump routes, is perfect for Spagnolo. yes. So what are, what are the Chiefs getting in Mo Claiborne? Because obviously he's, a, he's an LSU guy, which obviously... Uh, help build a relationship with Tyron Matthew. He's a former first-round pick. Um, he played well for the Cowboys, went to the Jets, got an injury last year, then obviously had to sit out the rest of 2018. People I speak to or I know that support the Jets said he wasn't particularly great at the start of the year, but you've obviously had some time now to look at some tape and to have a look at some film. Um, what kind of corner are the, are the Chiefs getting in Mo Claiborne? Mo Claiborne is a guy who can play man or zone. He's comfortable with the shuffle technique that Steve Spagnuolo wants to use. He's He gets his hands on a lot of passes. He only had two interceptions last year, but a couple of plays that I gift up for him, he actually swatted the ball to a teammate to set up another interception. He's a playmaker. He does great work in the red zone. He He's just a, a long guy with lots of high football IQ, and he's still got enough speed to be able to play at an NFL level right now. Honestly, he's pretty firmly in front of Charvarius Ward in my mind once he gets you know done with his four-game suspension at the beginning of the year. I'm excited to get him in here. Charvarius Ward's a great cornerback four while he develops and adapts to this new scheme. Mo Claiborne can give them maybe a little time and a little bit of additional veteran high quality, maybe not high quality, above average quality play Mm -hmm. out of the cornerback position here through the middle of the year, through the end of the year. I actually thought, you know, you did say that he he wasn't great at the beginning of 2018. He was actually very good in 2017. And I thought that he was pretty darn good at the end of 2018 as well. I think maybe that beginning of the year was a little bit of an anomaly for him. So mm-hmm. I if they get the player that he was at the back half of 2018, honestly, he's a better player than any of the cornerbacks that the Chiefs had on the roster at the end of last year. So it's something that Chiefs fans should be cautiously optimistic about. 
better than the Chiefs had at the end of last year. Yes, anything better than all that. High bar, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that is the lowest of bars. <laughs> it is, but most of those guys are still on the roster, so that's yeah, not that's ideal. Very, yeah, that's basically like in a Premier League terms, finishing seventeen. Yes, just above just above. Relegation just above. You didn't just get relegated. Above. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, the Chiefs' corners were brighter. <laughs> That's it. Um, so you've seen camp in person. Now you've been there in person. You were there last weekend. Um, I listened to your podcast last weekend with Chiefs Bear Cat. Mm-hmm. Brilliant stuff. Really enjoyed it. Well done. Oh, thank you. Um, that sounded really sarcastic, didn't it? No. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take it for sarcasm. See, there, you could have just leaned into the accent, and I wouldn't have known. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a wanker! Yeah. I am. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but what's been your overriding impression of Steve Spagnola, and what's the big differences, like the three big differences between Spagnolo? And Bob Sutton. If you can keep it down to oh three. My, might yeah, be yeah. I'm going to try and go with my top three here off the top of my head. Um, the defense exists. Yes. <laughs> the defense gets stops, number one. No. Um, it's an accountability thing. Uh, when these guys do a drill, when there is a rep where somebody screws up or is out of position, they make them do it again immediately. They're called out on the spot. And Spagnuolo will stop the drill and come over and physically show the player how he wants it to be done, you know, to the letter. And that goes for the assistant coaches as well. Brendan Daly, Matt House, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, all do that with these players one by one. We witness Brendan Daly kind of going through with each one of the defensive linemen doing drills, and if they didn't get it perfect, they had to do it again. Breland Speaks ended up having to take every rep two or three times just to get it right, but it's getting it right. I never saw Bob Sutton, you know, I saw him maybe talking a little technique with him or Britt Reed talking a little technique with him, but it wasn't like drilling down to try and make it perfect. It was more of a, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, and then let him kind of try and learn on his own or learn with the other dudes. It's not a situation where the coaches were drilling down. And, I, you know, we've talked about this on our podcast before. This is just normal coaching. Like, this isn't anything special, but it just shows how far off Bob Sutton was. Um, a couple other things. Steve Spagnolo is loud. Uh, Brenda Daly is loud. And it's both uh, complimentary and, you know, when there's a negative thing, it, they want people to know when people did things right, when people did things wrong. It's just it's just a little bit next level for making sure everybody on that field knows when a player did something right, when a player did something wrong. That helps these players to not want to screw up because when they do things right, everybody knows. All the fans there, all 6,500 fans standing in the stands know. Mm-hmm. So... That wasn't a thing that happened before. You just kind of assumed that a player did something right or didn't do something right. And then Steve Spagnolo is trying so many different looks. There's going to be so many blitzes that happen on you know out of his fronts, out of his safeties, out of his nickel corners. There are entire drills that are built around what do you do when we blitz both nickel corners. What do you do when we blitz both safeties? Like they'll run four or five reps in a row during team 
just to get those looks, just to make sure everybody's in, you know, in lockstep with where they need to drop to and what they need to do. We didn't really see that. We didn't see him doing a whole Bob doing a whole lot of that. It was more straightforward rushes last year. So that will be exciting to watch, you know, going forward in this year. It sounds like with Bob, a bit of apathy um, slipped in, and it sounded kind of boring like Dave you've played the game you've played the game for several years how do how do players react and how would you react to um, having the same old coaching the same old formation same old plays uh, week in week out the thing is I think in a defensive system where you're doing the same thing over and over again the players know it I've never played and it's not just football it's any sport I've never played any sport and there's you know ever like when things aren't going wrong you don't know or you know you think stuff isn't being coached correctly Mm -hmm. and you don't know as players and i'm sure there was guys that were on the team last year that knew things weren't right stevie nelson being one of them marcus peters the year before (laughs) yeah but at the end of the day you're just a player um you know it's sometimes just not worth it because you know, the the worst could happen. You'll get benched. You'll get into arguments. <laughs> you'll get traded. Like, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, you know what? I'm sure for some of the players that were on the team last year that are still here now, it will be a, a breath of fresh air. It'll be like a new lease of life. It, getting into a system like this, I just think, you know, from a, a fan perspective as well, it was just. Like the amount of times you were in games and you just knew what the Chiefs were going to run mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. certain downs and distances. Yeah. It was like you just knew it every single time. And I think that is going to be that. That's the most exciting thing for me, I think, is, you know, the Chiefs defense having a bit of unpredictability. Mm-hmm. You never know where that blitz is going to come from. You know, you never know which guy's going to drop back in coverage. And you're just not letting good quarterbacks pick you apart mm-hmm. like yeah. Brady did in that AFC Championship game where he knew pre-snap exactly what the Chiefs were going to be doing and just picked us yep. apart. Yeah, Phil Rivers did the exact same when he came to Arrowhead in that fourth quarter. I felt like we all sat there and we knew exactly what the defensive calls were. <laughs> we knew what plays to call, um, which receiver to hit down the middle. We knew that it was going to be cover two. There was going to be a massive hole. Two deep safety. In, yep. in, yeah, in, lots in the of middle, space middle of the field. Yep. Um, it seems everyone knew it except Andy Reid and Bob Sutton, <laughs> <laughs> which was just depressing. It really, really is depressing when, when you've got relatively... Uh, noobs as opposed to the sport in it in myself and brad and dave to a point that but we can see it on our television sets what's going on we're screaming at the tv change something up we know what's coming it's third and ten we know uh, a first down is coming. Yeah. <laughs> regardless it's just it's it's an awful way to watch football and a way i'm glad we won't have to watch it this year where the chiefs will change things up so Moving to personnel, uh, one guy I'm really excited to see this year is Anthony Hitchens because we got sold the dream that Anthony Hitchens is, is this amazing linebacker coming from Dallas. Dallas, that's a factory of of linebackers. They are to linebackers what we are to running backs, it seems. Um, the, everyone that comes out of Dallas and that system is a great player. Last year, we just didn't see it. We saw a player that looked like he was uncomfortable, that looked not very motivated at all. What's, how was he going to play this year? Wait, if you had to put 
not necessarily a number, but like a rating on Anthony Hitchens. Like, how much of a jump is he going to? Well, make? if if last year on like a one to ten scale was a two out of Anthony Hitchens, mm-hmm. I think we'll see a six or a seven. I think we'll see the player that we were sold a little bit. He's not going to be. Mm-hmm the best linebacker in the league, but I don't know that we were necessarily sold as him being the best linebacker in the league. He's going to have to think so much less in this scheme. He's not going to have to read a defensive tackle looping three gaps over to find out which gap he needs to shoot. Like it, It's going to be, I shoot the A gap, I'll be in the A gap. And they're going to play so much more downhill that's one of the things that we saw in camp already when i said when i was out there this past weekend they play so much faster they're getting downhill so much faster he doesn't necessarily improve in coverage what we saw you know from last year he still struggles getting out of his breaks a little bit but spagnolo is going to have him play more of a middle hook defender where he's not going to have to be that player like he was last year. That's going to be Darren Lee. That's going to be a safety. It's going to be somebody who can actually cover a running back out of the backfield a little more. Anthony Hitchens is going to be a prime player for this defense. And I do think that they have several, you know, Frank Clark, Honey Badger, Juan Thornhill. You know, I'd even maybe throw in, you know, Chris Jones, obviously. I'd maybe throw in Alex Okafor as well. But Anthony Hitchens is going to be a key player to this defense i think we're going to get to about week nine and we'll start seeing maybe the early praise articles start to come out from a lot of the media outlets about anthony hitchens and you know really rising up from what he had to do last year and realistically i think he's probably the same player roughly he's just having to do so much less mentally and he's able to play so much faster on the field a play you mentioned there um which I'm really, really, really excited to see, as well as Anthony Hitchens. Not Frank Clark, not Chris Jones. We kind of know what they, they can do in this league. They've they've bulldozed tackles and guards for the last two or three years, so we know what we're mm-hmm. getting with them. But you mentioned, mentioned our old friend Joanne Thornhill there, um, Joanne being a joke from the last <laughs> podcast, which I'm rolling with now. Um, it is Joanne Thornhill for the rest of the okay, season. Yeah. Um, so, in Joanne, what? Sorry, I can't take myself seriously. <laughs> it, I, it, we never take it seriously, <laughs> Tom, so it's fine. I'll start with you, Dave. What are we going to get out of Joanne Thornhill? Because all the camp highlights are incredible when it comes to this guy. Uh, every time I log onto Twitter, every time I refresh my Twitter feed, Joanne Thornhill's making a play. He's an exception. He's having an exception. He's breaking up a pass. Like it seems constant with this guy. Like Steve Spagnolo, I saw earlier, hasn't started a rookie in the first week on his defense since James Laurinaitis in two thousand and nine. That's a really Oof. long time. That's ten years since he started a rookie in his defense in week one. So is Joanne Thornhill going to be that first guy in ten years? I think so. But I mean, that's partly due to the competition as well. Um, in terms of there's no one, you know, close to him um, in terms of the ability to play that centre field role, I don't think. Um, it's one of those things, It's it'll be consistency at a position where we've not had consistency in a very long time. <laughs> Basically since Ron Parker was, you know, first with the Chiefs and playing well about five, six years ago, I don't think. Um, you know, we've just been sort of for the last few years trying to patch over 
the safety situation a little bit and just kind of slot guys in there or sort of try and develop late round guys and see what we can get out of them and it's nice to see the Chiefs finally sort of go all in to an extent and fix a problem um and yeah I say just consistency because like I said before it it helps to take pressure off the guys in front of him when you know you have a guy like that back there now there's going to be rookie mistakes it happens with everyone you know look at a guy like Derwin James at the Chargers last year played incredibly well but you know some stupid mistakes in there and it's going to happen so just I think important that people don't get on his back if there are some dumb rookie things for sure and he looks the part when he's out there on the field like we don't see him in camp making too many missteps so far and I think that that's why Steve Spagnuolo doesn't really start rookies week one it's not that he doesn't want to it's that they ask so much from their defense there's so much to absorb there and I realize I just got done saying that the mental side of it isn't there but understanding you know different splits receiver groupings things like that and where the especially in coverage especially deep coverage he needs reliability back there Thornhill so far looks to be that guy looks like he's in the right spots and he's just getting more and more comfortable as the days go along we're almost hearing about him intercepting a ball daily at this point Patrick Mahomes even intercepting the ball daily you know he jumped a Tyree Kill route today so this is positive when you have guys in camp that are consistently making plays over maybe a guy like Dan Sorensen who's running with the ones right now Dan looks good. Dan is doing everything in his power to hold off Juan Thornhill, but I think it's inevitable. You know, so basically what I'm saying is Juan Thornhill is Thanos. Nice <laughs> reference. I like it. <laughs> I do like it. I just thought it was funny that we actually went 25 minutes into the podcast before bringing up Patrick Mahomes. That must be like some kind of record since he was drafted. I, oh, it's got to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that's a serious. And thing we brought up an interception on top of it. Like it wasn't yeah. even something positive. To be fair. I don't even go twenty five minutes at home talking to my girlfriend <laughs> about talking about catching my homes. I'm not gonna lie. To be fair, it helps not having Brad here. Yeah, very you true. know, who is Patrick Mahomes number one fanboy. But <laughs> yeah, other than that, it's yeah, it's refreshing, I guess, <laughs> to have other players to talk about for a change. It is. Well I've got five pounds on uh Joanne I Paul saw Hill your stupid bet yeah. to win Defensive <laughs> Rookie of the Year, 66 to 1, which is actually shorter odds than I got last year for MVP on Mahomes, for Mahomes yeah. to win MVP, which I, I got 100 to Again, 1 on that last was year. was a stupid bet at the time. No, it, it was, worked out it well was, for you. It was an informed decision. <laughs> so, how, much did, you put, how put, much did you put on that? I only had a pound, left in, my account. I had a pound in my account at the time. Yeah. Go so easy, it was such, such a you know, informed <laughs> and well made bet that you only put a pound on it. That's right, yeah. Beggars can't be Jesus, Dave. <laughs> he won. That's what's important. Yeah. Exactly. Cheers, Craig. You, you missed a glass half empty over there. You're, 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 <laughs> thank you very much. Hey, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Oh, are so. we just going to throw out all the sayings we can pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on. Um, we're going to brief about this because no one cares about the preseason. Um, the Chiefs play a football game on Saturday night. They're going to host the Bengals. Um, Craig, are you going or are you watching? On your I am TV? watching on my TV at home 
where I will not be bothering any people with my swearing, even though it's the preseason, and I'll be yelling at <laughs> second stringers to do their jobs correctly. Yes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I think it's a, like a 1 a.m. kickoff over here for Sunday morning. I will yeah. not be staying up for it. Um, <laughs> nope. there, will, there will not be any live tweets from the Arrowhead Support account. I'll probably get up and watch the 40-minute version in the morning and let you know our thoughts after that, if yeah. you care enough. Um, we will have a podcast on Monday to talk about that. Um, just quickly, what players are you looking forward to seeing? I know um, Brad is looking forward to seeing Darwin Thompson, also known as uh, Barry Allen um, <laughs> but there's a story behind that um, if you listen to previous podcasts you know if you haven't um, Barry Allen when he was first drafted Darwin Thompson people com- we saw comparisons online to Marcus Allen and Barry Sanders which is just ridiculous so we've given him the nickname Barry Allen which someone's told me is actually yes I was going to say well. that's the flash yes, yes. I was going to say I thought that was why you'd done with it but then I didn't realise until I mean, he afterwards is, that that wasn't he why he is fast but not that fast yeah <laughs> so yeah Barry Allen I've only Brad's looking forward to seeing him I'm looking forward to seeing actually not a rookie and I'm looking forward to seeing what K-Pass and Breland Speaks can do on Saturday night because it seems like they're going to get plenty of opportunities with Okafor and Clark and um, Mm -hmm. Ogba nursing injuries so what guy are you specifically looking forward to seeing? Outside of Juan Thornhill which yes obviously I think all of us are looking forward to seeing him get on the field Mm -hmm. I want to see if McCall Hardman looks in a game like he did in practice Uh, I know our podcast has kind of been the one's "Quote unquote down on McCole Hardman, you know, as a route runner, you know, as with his hands and things like that. Everything we were hearing out of OTAs was not positive, and then when we saw him in training camp, he looked so much improved. I want to see that continue. I want to see what he looks like in a live game action. I want to see what his routes look like, you know, when he's not just running." a fade or a post or something like that. I want to make sure that that player that we're seeing in camp is actually translating to the field. I thought you were just going to carry on and lead off, David. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I mean... I I was going to ask you the same question. If you don't want to answer, you don't have to, man. I mean, we've pretty much talked about anyone anyone of note, have we not? I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Colin Um, Saunders. You want to watch Colin Saunders. Yep, that's the one. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Colin Sanders. Um, is it it's Colin? Colin. It's Colin. Yes, Colin. 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 Joan and Colin. <laughs> jo- Joanne and Colin. There yeah. we go. Job done. Um, so Sound like an old marriage for sure couple, they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, with their son Tyrone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yes, yeah, on. Yeah, let's get away from old English names. Well. I don't even think Tyrone is an old English name. But anyway, no, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, to the other football in our lives. Um, this is where people that aren't interested in soccer, as you guys call it, you can switch <laughs> off. You're done. Because yeah. that's it for Thanks Chiefs for Talk listening. now. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Um, we'll speak to you again soon. But um, the other football, I know you're a big fan yourself, Craig. Um, that's how we've interacted in the past online, is mainly talking about soccer, mm-hmm. football, um, as opposed to the NFL. Um, what... When did you first get into football? What, what, 
because you, you're a rarity really aren't you i know the game's getting more popular over there but it sounds like you've been into the game a long long time so when you started following it it must have been like a bit of a niche i suppose like how the nfl was to us when we started following oh absolutely uh some of my very first uh, sport in kansas city is local kansas city professional soccer team some of my very first games were in arrowhead stadium with about 3,500 other people uh I could wow. I could yell something on the field and make sure somebody at the opposite corner flag heard it. You know, it it, it was very, wow. it was kind of a sound vacuum. Honestly, you know, the supporters groups were about hundred to hundred and fifty people, as opposed to now they have their own soccer specific stadium. It's gotten much more popular. They're selling yeah. it. They're putting about twenty one thousand people in it every week, and the supporters section is six or seven thousand you know people strong and it's very loud and it's enjoyable to go to but yeah i played my whole life you know since i was five until my knees fell apart about five years ago actually played through university as you guys call it college as other people call it and a little bit and you know (laughs) on the side in a rec league after you know i graduated but yeah when my knees fell apart that was it for me so i just became a beer drinking loud supporter in the stands after that nice what position which is basically what tom has yes. done his entire life <laughs> hey 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 i just done the i done like the typical thing like when i was a kid i started off in goal and then as i got older i got bored of playing in goal so i moved forward and eventually went from defense to striker and then i played striker for a little bit but then as i got less fit <laughs> and fatter and older i did the, did the whole thing where you i reverted back again you reverted yeah, yeah, yeah. N- next thing you know, I'm yeah. a sweeper. Yeah, <laughs> so I do like, as little running as possible. What um, what position do you I, play? I uh, started Kyle? as a striker. I am six foot six inches tall. I'm I'm quite tall. Wow. Uh, but I ended up moving to winger because I was one of the few people on my squad with a left foot. And then, much like you, as we got into older and older leagues, um, I became the slow one. So I moved back to yeah. center back at the end of my career there because i was tall and i was willing so yes <laughs> that's so you, literally all it center takes back. to play yes yes defense. be tall <laughs> and be willing yeah yeah will you moan yes. about it afterwards yes. because if not you're sold <laughs> you're dead that's why you're playing so um outside of sporting casey they're obviously your first love when it comes to football do you have any like european i, I do like? follow arsenal uh not as much as i would like here. being here in the states i don't have as much access to it as i would like but i am an arsenal fan i the the Good invincibles moment. is what drew me in i i literally i i fell in love with soul campbell so i he's kind of my guy so yeah that's what pulled me in uh, yeah the the traitor sol campbell who left spurs to yeah. go to arsenal yeah but, and and the five spurs fans that we did have listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah, have switched off immediately forever, now but yeah i don't even care <laughs> <laughs> why am i shocked uh, yeah can we just end the podcast here now because I, I, it's bad enough tom talking about arsenal i don't need somebody else joining in on that well, Craig, I, I, I think I already knew that anyway. I think we've mentioned that before. And the offer is there. If you're ever in London, I have two season tickets. Um, I can kick the other person out of their ticket and I will happily I will definitely take you up on that. I will drink way too much with you and go there. That is that is on my bucket list. So I will take you up on that should I make it over there. 
we're making. He, he should feel honoured because he's never offered me that, and I've known him for years. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're never getting that offer. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. So one last question: It's deadline day over here in the UK. The transfer window shut about three hours ago. Um, players can no longer be bought or sold in football now until January. So it's, it's essentially the same as the trade deadline in the NFL. Um, got me thinking. If Patrick Mahomes was a soccer player, football player, how much money do you reckon he would be worth? Okay, I put I put a little bit of time into this. You gave me a little bit of you know heads up about it beforehand. Let's see. Reportedly, reportedly. Well, Neymar Neymar was the most expensive player. Correct. Correct. And reportedly, right now, Real Madrid has a hundred and ten pound offer plus Luka Modric on the table for Neymar. I'm going to say 200 million pounds plus Luka Modric. That that is what it would take to get Patrick Mahomes in the current transfer window right now. A very quality player plus a ridiculous transfer fee. That sounds about right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. I feel like he'd be probably be the first 200. If you you just going purely off money, I think he'd probably be the first 250 million yeah. pound player, right? Yeah. Just like he's going to be the first 200 million dollar, you know, contract player in the NFL. Fallback, yes. yeah. Yeah. So let's re- let's reverse the roles. Messi, prime, prime Messi. Messi, not Messi now because Messi's Messi's old. So let's say, let's say prime Messi 2009, 2010, 2011. Pep Guardiola's Messi when he's basically the best mm-hmm. player the world has ever seen. He probably still is, but at that point, no one has ever played to that level that he did then. How many draft picks? Well, what if Barcelona had to trade him away? How many first rounders? He is, he is worth? worth as many first rounders as years as he's playing in the league at that level. Like if he decided to play for another 11 years for your club, you get that club's 11 first round picks. That's how good Messi was. It's kind of a similar thing. Like people have talked about what would it take to pry Mahomes away. First of all, you can't. And second of all, it would have to be a haul like that. You know, something ridiculous. A, a team is unable to build around Patrick Mahomes because they had to give up so much to get him. That's what it would be like for Messi in the NFL. Yeah, at this point, basically, it's you're talking in the realms of fantasy because it's just the kind of thing that just well we are we are happen. drafting a soccer <laughs> yeah but i mean in terms of like even if like you're talking in the nfl like you you try and trade for a quarterback mm-hmm. of you know the mahelms mm-hmm. ilk or someone like that they don't those trades they don't happen don't happen because they're just so valuable mm-hmm. to teams and just irreplaceable um and especially more so, I'd say, in the NFL where contracts are structured a little bit more to mm-hmm. favor teams. You know, a, a player having a four or five year contract in football means nothing mm-hmm. compared to, you know, the NFL. You know, a, a guy can will will be transferred with with oh, years absolutely. left on the deal in the unlike the NFL. Yes. Well. I think we're going to leave it there because yes. I've just checked the time and we've been running for 38 minutes and Craig only had 20. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just enjoying um, myself so much. So- <laughs> Pete's probably like banging on your phone. Where's this article? Where's this article? I need it now. Um, His so- boss is like, uh, your lunch finished 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Where are you? Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was talking shop. Um, we have to get you on again, Craig, because I really enjoyed that. Um, maybe in a few weeks' time, we can get you on again, talk about the start of the Premier League season, um, see how talk about the corners and the Chiefs in general, see how we're feeling about the whole situation after. That sounds wonderful. I'll, I'd be glad to. And maybe next time we get Brad to host, I don't have to do it. <laughs> Take the onus off of you. Well, no, we'll we'll have we'll have Ryan Tracy by that point. So <laughs> yeah. Ryan Tracy and I can just talk beer the entire time. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> probably fair. <laughs> well, go check out uh, Craig's stuff. Uh, the Summer of Spag series on Arrowhead Pride is brilliant. I'm not just saying that because I'm now employed by them, but no, it genuinely is brilliant. But he is saying <laughs> it because he's employed by them. <laughs> um, same with the Arrowhead Pride, uh, the AP Laboratory. Go check that out with Craig, Matt, and Kent. Really good stuff. Um, Quite different to our podcast because those guys know what they're talking about, but you know, you know what you get with us. So, so it's it's all it's all good. But um, so that's it for tonight, and we'll be back on Monday when we kind of review the preseason game that we don't really care about. So from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.